Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy sports and politics. Let's get ready to rumble. You wanna talk smack? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We talking fantasy sports and politics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's me, it's me, it's Mr. FSB, and I do what I do because I do it for you all day, every day. How you doing? Hey, check it out. It's Saturday. It's not the first of the month, but for us, it's... Now, the reason why I did that, the reason why I did that is because August is when football begins. Now, they did something different for the Hall of Fame game. They played it on Thursday night as opposed to Sunday night, but that's okay because football was my friend that day. And last night, they did the Hall of Fame jacket ceremony. Uh, which was cool. It's a whole, like, I guess half a week that the NFL Network and the NFL are sharing with the rest of the world. And I, for one, am very thankful for it. Now, I'm not thankful for the turnout or the the result of the Hall of Fame game. I would have preferred to see the Dallas Cowboys lose. But, but there was a factoid out there. The last... 13 Hall of Fame game winners didn't win a playoff game that season. Now, that's commonplace for the Dallas Cowboys. That's commonplace. That factoid makes me feel a little bit better about the loss that the Arizona Cardinals took to the Dallas Cowboys. Because, honestly, you know, their second stringers look way better than the Cowboys' second stringers. It just broke down into third stringers, and they lost the game. But we're here to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York football giants, and my team, the Washington Redskins. I'm usually joined by my co-host, JTATM Money. Not sure what he's up to today. But if he can't hang, not a big thing, because I do what it do, and I'm going to make it do just for you. Um, normally we talk about some stuff that happened during the week prior to getting into our football schedule, and I'm going to carry on that tradition, uh, all week or last week and, uh, on yesterday's show, JT had been discussing, um, the hall of fame induction members. So Jason Taylor, Obviously, he doesn't like him because he's a former 
uh, Miami Dolphin, and Jerry's a former, uh, I still think he's a closet Jet fan, but a former Jet fan. Uh, you have uh, Mr. Easley, a safety that not a lot of kids know about. To be honest and truthful, I didn't know too much about him either until uh, his name was announced and we had to do a little research on his career. Uh, Kenny Easley is a very competent uh, safety who, if not for a lot of his peers, could have been a, a Hall of Famer a lot sooner than he was, a lot sooner, based upon his stats and his ability uh, to change the game for the Seahawks. And from what I understand, he's now mentoring uh, Cam Chancellor, and uh, a few of the other Seahawks players like uh, Thomas and all that. But that's a good thing he's getting in. I've said it. I don't like the Cowboys. Can't stand them. But, you know, Jerry Jones has done a lot for the NFL and for his franchise. Whether you like it or you don't like it, he's done a lot for them. So I can't complain about that. I honestly believe that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, um, can't hear you. Cannot hear you. God bless America. I'm going to call back in because I can't hear you. Can't hear a word you're saying. Hold on. God, unbelievable. Can't hear a word you're saying. Nothing. Absolute power. I need you to call in to get this going. If you can hear me, I need you to call in. I have control of the board now. I need you to call in. I can't hear a word you're saying. Nothing. Try calling in. Leave the host in there and try calling in with your cell phone. Can't hear a word you're saying, and I don't think anybody else can. Absolute power. Corrupt. Absolutely. Absolute power. Corrupt. Absolutely. If you can hear me, I need you to call in.
Carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor, not niftiness. The water bug and whippet backs rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stack defenses in the pros. They must meld the buck of a village with a sudden surge of a sprint. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. I heard that. Don't hear your voice. Let's see what's going on. Because I can't hear a thing. Now I hear you, Victor. You hear me, but I don't hear you. What do you mean don't hear me? I have you on my phone, but I don't hear you through my headphones. Oh, man, are we at this again? Really? Okay, I guess yeah. I'll go through my phone. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what you're doing, but if you can hear me, I'm talking through my mic, and I'm talking on the show. So apparently it's on your end. It is not on anybody else's but yours. Be quiet. Technically uh, challenged, yeah. I keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. mute my phone. I'm yeah, going to okay. mute my phone. And I'm yeah, going to okay. see if you can still hear me. Okay, here we go. I don't hear a word you're saying. Nothing. I hear all nothing. Right, so, okay, all right, okay, all right. That lets me know. All right, JT. Oh, God. Uh, what happened to the show? Thanks a lot, man. After almost 15 minutes. Oh, God. Whatever. <laughs> Let's get it rolling. Let's get it rolling. All right. So nobody heard what I was saying, huh? No. Okay. No, not a word. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway. it wasn't worth anything anyway. Don't worry about it. Oh, for real? That's how you doing? Is that uh, how you doing me? Hey, I'm. I'm do- hey, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? It 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 it, it, it is what it is. So let's roll. All right. Let's get let's get All past right. this. I'm, I'm I'm gonna try to be civil today, and, and not um that's not gonna be be a, a, a negative Nancy on you unless unless you get my black up. That's all I can tell you. Okay. Well, listen. You yes, sir. But so hot. You ain't but so high, so it can't but so high anyway. Yeah. Well, let me let me let me but, tell you something. Let me tell you something. We happen we happen okay. to be under the same zodiac sign. So, how you roll, or, or I should say, because I'm the older one, how I roll is how you roll. So, uh, you, you, you 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 can relate. So, you, you, it's your show. I'm just I'm just better at it. You know, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All you know, I, I, all, all, all I can hope is that the next generation that listens to the older generation is, is that does a little thing, does things a little bit better. So that, I'll take that as a compliment. Well, I'm better than you, so I guess you can. Oh but my! Anyway. Oh my! Oh for, my God! You know. For the record. Oh, for the God. record. Unbelievable. I was you, discussing Hall of oh, Fame inductees. All, all I can tell you, all I can tell you is that all I can tell you that you're lucky. You're extremely lucky this year. Extremely already, 
already and it has, the season hasn't even started, and you are extremely lucky today. What does that mean? Because I just just got word maybe a half hour ago that I didn't get to, uh, another opportunity to kick your butt in another league in the TSA. Oh, TSA? Yeah. Don't worry about it. You were going to lose. You were going to lose to me. You're going to lose oh, no. in the league. You're, oh, you're, no. you're not good. Uh, yeah. You okay. Great. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you cringe. Well, you cringe every time when when you play me, and you know it, and you oh, know that, it. That, oh, yes, you do. That. Yeah. Yes, you know, you I do. do cr- Listen, you're right. I do cringe because of the smell coming out of that mouth of yours is foul. Foul. Mm-hmm. Foul. Foul. I don't but, worry about the. I don't want to worry about the smell. I worry about the wind. Okay, well, your wins are not that many. But yeah, okay. as I was yeah. saying, I've dominated um, you over the years, but that, that that's neither here nor there. So listen, I I'm with Khaleesi, the breaker of chains. Yeah. So you, okay. My I'm Cersei. I'm I, I'm Cersei right now, and I'm taking chopping okay. you down one army at a time. Are, <laughs> you're, you're, you're having sex with your I, brother. That's, no, that's not good. No, no, no. Let me put it this way: strategically wise, I am Cersei, cold blooded, and taking your armies one down, one at a time. Strategically. All right, the dragons are coming. Yeah, the dragons okay. Dragons are coming, and, and, we're and me, burn and, you and, all. and me, and me, and my Meister have something for the dragons. You know what? That's okay. I got Sam. I've got Jon Snow. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna beat you to your cold and blue. Get it, cold and blue? Because <laughs> my ice dragon, mm-hmm. my ice dragon is coming. Yeah. If you didn't know, yeah, okay. and, I, and I'm gonna spoil it. I'm gonna spoil it for those Game of Thrones people. Oh no! Don't do it! Wall, don't do it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! I don't want. Stop it! Stop it! No! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! No! You, 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 you know, why do we have to go through this every week? Why don't you just because, stop it? Why don't you just you, stop it? Because you stop, are a stop, headache. Stop, no, you, you're creating a headache when you do something like this and you spoil it for the rest of the people that are really into the show and you want to do something that no, you should not listen. be doing. No, 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 I'm not listening. I am not. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No one wants to hear it. No, you don't have to tell me. No, no, no. You keep no, no, no. You keep talking about. I am cutting you off. It ain't happening. It's not going to happen. You, we can go on and on for the rest of the show. People don't want to hear this. They want to hear what we have to say, sports-wise, especially if you want to talk about the Hall of Fame or if you want to talk about fantasy. We could do that. But when you're talking about no. spoilers in the Game hey. of Thrones, it ain't happening because I won't let you do it. I will not <laughs> let you do it. No, I am not I listening. I you won't talk. talk. You, you won't talk. If you, if you, if you keep talking you about talking. the Game of Thrones and spoilers, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you, you off. Not cut me off. This is it's my am. show. You, you oh, cannot you, oh, cut no? me off. Oh, you, you however, know. Wait a minute. I can however, mute you. I can mute you. I, I can mute you too. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. we have two two perfect people muting each other, and what good is that on the show? <laughs> Will you just be quiet and listen? I'm trying to get if something you, out of here. If you, no, no, if it's got Will to do with the Game of Thrones. Will you, Cersei, Cersei, go sleep with your brother, okay? Just be quiet. Just be quiet. 
after all that whining and crying by, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. (laughs) You know what? What? You ain't got no power. You have no power. But again, as I was saying, uh, you, my friend, are on the side of that wall. And you'll never break through that wall to come near me. Okay. Okay. I don't care how many ice dragons are in that wall. I don't care. Okay. You, my friend, are carrying ready. I'm carrying a dragon stone. I'm carrying dragon stone. Heavy on dragon stone. But that's okay. But the dragon stone ain't gonna kill the ice dragon. Uh, So uh, let's keep moving. (laughs) You set yourself up for that. Now, let's get back to it. Uh, Those that follow the show already know what's happening with the 20 20 minutes. 20 minutes of garbage. Of you. You're 20 right, minutes of, of garbage. Let's, let's, of let's do this. Ah, 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 ah. Let's right, do this. Here we go. Thank here God. Go. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Guarantee people, guarantee people tomorrow is going to be an organized show. I'll be live and in color from start to finish. We're talking about quarterbacks great. tomorrow. It'll Fantasy football is, 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 uh, it's live and in color. I'm putting our rankings out there on the quarterbacks. First up, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Sunday morning. Speed there. Really like 10, right. 15, maybe 10, 15-ish. <laughs> no. He's on CC time. <laughs> 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. All right. Can I, can I get through this? Can I get through this? Because I, I was setting stuff up, and you, you interrupted one, me. But here we one go. One minute. No! One hour. No! Carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor, not niftiness. The water bug and whippet backs rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stack defenses in the pros. They must meld the butt of a billy goat with a sudden surge of a sprinter. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. And that's when it means it's time to talk about football. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, enough of the, you know, Dragonstone and, and, and Joe, the I, People, dragon. I apologize. I really and apologize. For Thank, the next you. Last, Thank you for, for the, apologizing for your for the last For the last 22 minutes. For the last 22 minutes. I really apologize, people. I really do. Because because Jerry has been such an off individual. I, I thank him for apologizing for his offness. That It takes a big man to do that. Thank you for doing that. Now, back to the Cersei of the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. They sleep with each other. They go to jail. They lie. They see. They, they do many, many things. But one thing is for certain, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. And it hurts me to say that. But I have to be unbiased when I do this. So, according to an NFL team insider who fills key fantasy questions in the Athlon uh, Fantasy Football Edition, will Ezekiel Elliott see more or fewer touches than uh, last season's 354? He might be missing four games, so my answer is yes. Uh, but it says the departure of Lance Dunbar and the Cowboys' failure to draft a running back likely means more touches for Elliott this season. Elliott had 322 carries and 32 receptions in 713 offensive snaps last season. That's more than half the touches, ladies and gentlemen, more than half. Hall of Fame running back Elliott has room to grow as a receiver. Expect Elliott's catch total to increase and thus 
his touches and yards from scrimmage in, uh, to increase. Now, I heard a nasty little rumor, <clears throat> and I, I, it should be false because uh, there are three strong running backs behind Ezekiel Elliott. I'll say two and a half. One would be Alf, Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is a dynamic back, maybe not the best of hands, but he's a guy that should be the number two back in Dallas. He should be. Um, the rumor is that the Cowboys are looking to trade him or they're going to cut him. The Redskins never should have let him go, never. And the reason behind this is not because of his ability, but because he's going to cost more money than keeping Darren McFadden, who looks – not that good thus far. And I know it's only one preseason game, um, and he was out for a lot of the season. But he's never been a healthy guy and a dynamic guy. Um, then there's this young kid, the brother of the linebacker of the Dallas Cowboys that came out of Notre Dame, last name Smith. Where's number 45, I believe, for the Dallas Cowboys? This kid looked very explosive against the Cardinals' third team. I would love to see how he fares against a second team and a first team. Um, so there are there are some players from the Cowboys behind Zeke. The question is, who's going to open the season if Zeke has to spend uh, three or four games? It could be the bra, I mean, the flashing thing. It could be the knockout dude in the club thing. It could be so many things for Zeke. We don't know. But here's a more startling question. And it shouldn't be, but it is. Can, can Dez Bryant be a number one wide receiver again? And the question comes because last year he was literally the number two or three option in the offense. And I'm going to use a term Jerry likes to use quite often, which is quite naturally uh, because Cole Beasley and Dak did a lot of practicing together. They had a connection. Dez, on the other hand, he didn't do too well. He he had some touchdowns, but his yards and receptions were down big time. That Prescott does many things well, but consistently hitting the long ball isn't one of them. And the rookie Prescott found more comfort in Cole Beasley and Jason Witten as his go-to receivers than Bryant. Prescott completed 16 of 40 passes that traveled 21-plus yards in the air for 526 yards Six, six touchdowns and one interception. By comparison, Kirk Cousins had 33 completions, nine touchdowns, and two interceptions. Then Roethlisberger had 31, 13 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Andrew Luck, 29, nine TDs, and three interceptions. Brian hasn't stayed healthy for a full season since 2014. That was the last time he had a 1,000 yards. The Cowboys drafted receiver Ryan Switzer and plans to use Elliott more in the passing game. So Bryant likely will remain one of the several options for Prescott instead of his number one option. Now, I'm going to differ on that assessment a little. The reason why I'm going to differ is because Dak is the starter. He's had more reps with uh, with Dez this time around, but at the same time, like Dak said last year, if the read isn't Dez, I'm not throwing the Dez. And that's a big deal. 
when a rookie says that, and now as a second-year player, you know, are they going to force him to throw it to him or not? I don't know. But will Prescott finish as a top-ten fantasy quarterback again in 2017? My answer is yes. The dual threat of him, just his self, and that offensive line, to me, has him as a top-ten quarterback. Now, I got him in the eighth round or ninth round, something like that, in a draft I did recently, uh, mainly because quarterbacks' uh, points for touchdowns are only four points, but he runs for what he does. Uh, he makes up for it by running in touchdowns. Um, but to me, in a PPR or a standard league, that uh, Dak Prescott is actually a top-ten fantasy quarterback. Although critics expect Prescott to fall off this season, remember that no one except Prescott, uh, no one expected Prescott to do what he did last season. Although the Cowboys remain committed to running the ball first, Prescott likely will remain among the league's best fantasy quarterbacks. This is from um, Serene Williams, Fort Worth Star Telegram, who uh, I guess got the information on it. Listen, I do not like the Dallas Cowboys. A good team I really do The problem with this team Is they can't seem to stay Out of freaking trouble So when you have I believe five Four or five of your starting Defensive players Starting the season on the bench Or at home Because of suspension Those are three or four games You are possibly giving away on a team that defense is not that good to begin with. When your star running back, a one to four game suspension, that's possibly one to four games of losing on top of your defensive players not being there. And their first game is a division game versus a team they have yet to beat. I'm just telling you, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys. Do I think they win the East? No, I do not. But after reading all that and looking at their draft picks, they went uh, defense heavy. I mean, they only got two offensive players, and they both were receivers. So the Cowboys are saying it's not the offense, it's the defense. How do we fix it? JT, your thoughts on this Dallas Cowboys team? 13 and 3, if I'm not mistaken, they were last year. Uh, with a rookie top quarterback. Eight. Excuse me? I was going to uh, say they're top of the 10th toughest schedule this year. Yes, I know, I know that. Um, and quite naturally, just like Victor said, that they have the 10th toughest schedule. And the uh, schedule is not easy. The first three games are not easy against the Giants, at the Broncos, at the Cardinals, and the Ram- Rams are no joke. And then at uh, and then versus the Packers. So the first five, four, four to five games are against really tough teams. Uh, I expect the Cardinals to come back. I expect the Rams, the defense to be be on par, especially with Wade Phillips. Um, and if uh, they show any semblance of offense, then it could be a problem. Anyway. Um, 13-3 is not the record the Cowboys are going to have this year. 
Um, I think they're going to regress, but not by that much. Uh, they, like I said, they have the 10th toughest schedule. Uh, and I do believe that they'll be in contention with uh, two other teams for the division. Uh, this is going to be a highly competitive, highly competitive division. Um, the, I expect the Eagles will be better uh, with Carson Wentz, and I also expect the um, the uh, 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 Giants to be highly competitive. Um, it quite possibly could be the Washington Redskins taking up the rear, but uh, this is the NFC East. They have a tendency to beat up on each other because uh, there's a lot of divisional rivals in there, uh, his, history-making division rivals. So, you know, the Redskins don't like the Eagles, don't like the Cowboys. Um, Eagles and the Cow- uh, Cowboys have a rivalry and going on and on and on. So I expect this to be a highly competitive division. Uh, long story short, uh, they take a couple steps back, and I think the Cowboys are going to be around 10-6, and 11-5. That's where I, I think they're going to be at. You know what? Uh, I agree with you. This is exactly what I see. I see them starting the season three and two. I mean, uh, two and three, and then uh, riding off several wins. Um, they'll lose uh, at Washington. I'm going to give them a split on that. But if you look at the second half of their schedule, it is brutal. It yep. is brutal. Yep. Um, and. I think they're going to open up with a loss to the Giants. They'll go to Denver and win because we don't know who the quarterback is, and either one of those quarterbacks aren't as good as uh, needed to to beat the Cowboys. I think the Cardinals get their revenge um, on uh, on the Cowboys uh, and win Week Three. I think they uh, beat the Rams, but that actually might be an upset. That just might be an upset if Todd Gurley is running that rock good, and Jared Goff is throwing to the, the targets he has, that might be upset. But I'm going to give it to the Cowboys, and then they lose to Green Bay. And then they get the bye week, which is going to hurt them in week six. Because when they come back, they got San Fran, Washington, Kansas City, Atlanta, Philly, the Chargers, Washington, the Giants, Oakland, Seattle, and Philly. It's going to be tough on them. Tough, yep. tough, tough. They lose those players – well, they've already lost some of the defensive starters already for the first two or three games. Already. Right? So, you lose Zeke for maybe one to four of those games, and you're looking at possibly, possibly starting uh, one and four. Possibly. Um, but again, this team is resilient, so I have to give them a winning record. I do not believe they're going to win the East, not at all. Um, I might surprise you who you think is going to, who I think is going to win the East, but based upon schedule and based upon suspensions and player availability, the Cowboys will not be winning the East this year or going on a thirteen and three record. That is my opinion. Uh, fantasy wise, there's, there's a lot of good fantasy stuff there, but will it be available when you need it? I'm be honest with you. If Zeke is in trouble, what three or four times already, right, Jerry? That's correct. And we don't even know the outcome of two 
of the three or three of the four, it's a dangerous situation that he might be missing towards the stretch run of the NFL uh, playoffs. If, you know, rulings come down at that point. And they're still looking at stuff from last year. And he just did a few things. Don't know. Don't know. All right, let's move on to the next team. Um, in our Game of Thrones theme, the New York Giants will be Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion, I'm sorry. Tyrion Lannister. Because Tyrion is a giant, but he's small. Um, he plays both sides of the ball, and uh, you know, to his benefit. You never know. You never, ever know. Uh, here's the thing about the Giants, though. You add Brendan Marshall to that mix, and you have two outstanding threats. And people forget about Sterling Shepard, who had a decent year last year. The problem is this. Will Paul Perkins be the answer at running back that they're looking for? That, that's the problem. Ah. That's the problem. And according to this uh, NFL insider, that's the first question they ask. And they say Perkins is their top guy, and behind him there's not a lot. Chamberine is a specialty guy, third, two-minute uh, offense. Wayne Gallum is a rookie, and Sean Drone is uh, really only there for veteran insurance. Perkins has already been declared the starter and will carry as much of the load as he can handle. The only limitation may be on the goal line. What does Brandon Marshall's arrival mean for the Sterling uh, for Sterling Shepherd's fantasy over outlook this season? It certainly won't help because Victor Cruz was so ineffective last season. Shepherd emerged as the number two option, even though he was mostly the slot receiver. Now Marshall is a legit number two and a bigger and better target. Shepherd's targets will almost have to go down, and it will be less of a threat in the red zone now that the Giants have bigger options there too. Listen, Brandon Marshall is the red zone target. I know ODB gets some red zone touches and all that too, but now you got a six-six guy that's been in the league for a while and is consistent at getting that ball. Sterling Shepard, I'm not drafting him. I'm not. Not with, you know, Shane Vereen being the third down back, Paul Perkins being able to catch the ball too, and Brandon Marshall and ODB, I'm sorry, Sterling, you're not getting on my team. But, but, how much of an impact can you expect from rookie tight end Evan Graham, Ingram? Evan Ingram is also a beast, but he's a rookie. And he's playing in the NFC East, and he's going to have to block a lot. Let's, let's just keep it real, okay? Not much, to be honest. He's much of a receiver than a tight end which uh, right away limits how much he'll be on the field. When they need a blocker, Rhett Ellison will get the call. And when he's there as receiver, he's the fourth option at best in the passing game. With Odell Beckham, Marshall, and Shepard getting their share, how much could be left over for him? And they forget Shane Marine catches the ball at the backfield too. You know, the New York Giants have a uh, top ten defense. Yes or no, JT, your thoughts real quick. Wow. Yes or, no? um, yes or no what? They have a top 10 defense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. 
Uh, well, there's no reason why it can't. The Giants bring back everyone except defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, and they replaced him with second-round pick Dalvin Tomlinson. The defense should be just as aggressive as and just as good, maybe better in its second year in Steve Spagnolia's scheme. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I like their defense because Landon Collins is a threat back there. Some people even write their two corners. I don't do that. Nah, I don't. Not, not at all. Not a top. Not the top two corners. No. Not a top five corners. Dominique Rogers Cromarty had six interceptions last year. Landon Collins had five. That's great. But uh, DMC or DRC. And and uh, I think it's Janoris Jenkins. They're good, but not a top five tandem. Not in my book. Um, but they are tied for the eighth toughest schedule. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not sold on Paul Perkins. He's a starting running back in the NFL, so he's going to get his touches. So drafting him, okay. I'll maybe draft him late if he's available. But the Giants have the same problem the Redskins have, except they have a better defense. No one is afraid of their run game. Nobody respects it. And, and Eli's prone to throw interceptions. Prone to, last year he threw 16 to only 26 touchdowns. You know, he's a 4,000-yard 4, throwing quarterback, but he's prone to turn that ball over. And that puts the defense in a bad situation. Can Paul Perkins be the next Tiki Barber? Maybe. Maybe. But they're not running that same style of offense that Tiki was in. So that worries me. I honestly think with the eighth, the New York Giants are going to be last in the NFC East. I already think so. I think they might go 7-9. Eight and eight. Again, the second half of their schedule is just as bad as the first part of the schedule. Quite honestly, this is where they start. Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Tampa, the Chargers, Denver, Seattle. See, how many wins do you see? Say that again, Victor. I'm sorry. Out of the seven teams in the seven, first seven games that I just mentioned for the New York Giants, how many wins do you see out of the first seven? Oh, um, oh shit. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, look at wow. Wow. Um, I rattle, what rat, I see. Rat, rattle the, 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 the first seven games off. To begin the season. That's, that's what I see, man. Dallas. Detroit, Philly, Tampa, Chargers, Denver, Seattle. Well, they lose to Seattle. Where are they, where are they playing the Chargers at? Home. They'll win the Chargers. Uh, where do they, they play Denver at? At Denver. Uh, that's a loss. Um, where are they playing the Cowboys? At Dallas. Uh, they'll lose that. 
Um, who else are they playing? Uh, Detroit, Philly, Tampa. Where, where, where are they playing them at? You got to tell me. At at Detroit or at okay. home? No. Home for Detroit, at right. Philly, at Tampa. They'll lose both those. At Philly. So that's what? That's five losses. Four. That's yeah, five, five losses. losses. That's five losses. As I said, That's two, two and five to begin the season. Yep. Yep. And it doesn't get any better because we got the Rams, San Fran, KC, Washington, Oakland, Dallas, Philly, Arizona, and finish the season at Washington. They're not going to be uh, uh, over 500 teams. I don't see it happening. I really don't. But what do you give their uh, their record as? I guess I, I think they're going to be a, a nine and seven, ten and sixteen, something like that. So they have to make a hell of a run toward the end of the season to make up for the, what what happened in the beginning of the season. So I'm thinking there's so a you, nine and seven. I'm thinking there's a nine and seven, a high point ten and sixteen. Well, you just said the Cowboys would be ten and six. So that means you think the Giants are going to be in contention for the division title. Well, this is what I said. I said I think the Cowboys are 10-6, and 11-5. I think the high point for the Cowboys is 11 wins. I think the high point for the Giants are 10. Which I think means they're the in contention. Point, I, I, I said they're going to be in contention, but I think the high point for the Giants is 10 wins. So if they're 10 wins, they're behind the Cowboys. But I think their high point is 10 wins. Their low point is probably 8-8. Eight and eight. So somewhere between that, eight and eight, ten and six. I don't think they're going to win more than ten games. I I, I really don't. I don't think they're going to be over seven games. That's what I. That's what I got. Um. Well, we can agree on that. Um. Let's move on to the next team, who I really think are the Sparks. They're the Sparks. They want to be kings of the north, or the east in this case. Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody loves them. You, Cersei, and the Cowboys want to kill them. I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Before I read anything, the and I, I hate to say it, but the Philadelphia Eagles will win the NFC East. Market. I'm calling it. Like Jerry says, it's not who you play, but when you play them. And their toughest of tough, well, the really, really hard games supposedly are going to be at the beginning of the season. They have maybe three tough games at the end of the season. But Philly, They've got a lot. How much of a step forward will Carson Wentz take in 2017? Listen with it. Alshon Jeffries, Jordan Matthews, Torrey Smith. Uh, they got rid of Darrell Green back. That, and then they added LeGarrette Blunt, who might not be the every down back, but he's going to be their goal line back, and he's going to destroy some stuff. But one would imagine that the second-year pass will improve considerably on last year's 16 touchdowns, thanks to the arrivals of Alshon Jeffries and Torrey Smith. He should also be 
be able to throw for at least as many yards as he did last year. But it's in, um, instructive, excuse me, yeah, instructive to remember a couple things. Jeffrey scored only two times last year and caught just 52 passes total since his rookie year. And Smith caught only 20 passes, scored three times and passed, I mean, posted a career low 13.4 yards per catch. Both are definite upgrades from what the Eagles had last year, but neither can be counted on for gigantic production. Further, without a sturdy running game, Wentz will see plenty of blitzes and might have uh, might not have much time to throw. On that, what I'm telling you is you have Smallwood, Sproles, Humphrey I'm telling you they're going to have a running game. It's going to be more of the read pass option run game. I want you to understand what I mean by that. Read pass option. So it's going to be a play action pretty much. It's going to be a combination of pass routes mixed in with the run uh, as the first option. So you're going to send Jeffrey Smith and the rest of those guys on routes every play. Every play a read from the quarterback to either let the ball be handed off and run or throw the pass route. Quick passes. Because Philly knows no one respects their run game. But when you get that read pass option, it's killer. Especially seeing as though that's something Carson Wentz did at Dakota. I think South Dakota State. How will the targets be distributed among Alshon Jeffries, Torrey Smith, and Jordan Matthews? Matthews will work from the slot and get plenty of catches, although he won't pick up too many yards per catch or score that many times. Smith is more of a deep threat who will be used to take the top off the defense. The best chance for a combination of catches and TDs is Jeffrey, who will be the primary receiver throughout the season. Is LeGarrette Blunt going to be the Eagles' primary ball carrier? I don't think he will be, but he's going to be their primary goal line. Uh, player uh, back. The Eagles signed Blunt to provide tough interior running, something that none of their other backs provide. Blunt did score 18 times last year for the Patriots, but he averaged only 3.9 yards per carry and he has been unproductive away from New England. Expect Blunt to get chances to score in short yard situations, but don't figure him to carry the ball 20 times a game. I expect a backfield by committee. Garrett Blunt's going to get maybe 7 to 10 touches a game. But that 7 to 10 touches will be in positions where he's going to score or have a chance to score, which is a lot more than what I can say for Darren Sproles. Smallwood has a chance to do uh, good things because he's explosive but not always in uh, the scoring position. Do you touch any of these running backs? You get blunt on a flyer. I don't touch Sproles and don't touch Smallwood just yet. Until I see what pump free, that's pump free, is able to do. Maybe he steals some stuff out of it. I don't know. 
JT from the Philadelphia Eagles, and my prediction that they will win the NFC East. Well, good luck with that. Redskins, Chiefs, both away games, home against the Giants, at the Chargers. Three of the first four games are on the road against teams that have strong pass rushes. Let me put it that way. Um, and uh, Carson Wentz um, was, get, was, got, was getting beat up last year. Then after the Chargers, they played the Cardinals and the Panthers, one on the road, one at home. That's a tough road to hold, and they come around and play the, uh, the, the uh, Redskins again. That's two, four, six. The first seven games, three of them, uh, three of them against division rivals, two of them against the Redskins, and the other one against the Giants. I don't know, man. The first seven games, they'll be lucky if they win four of those games. Right then, they're either three and four or four and three in the first seven games. Um, and to be in contention and to win the win the division, I still see the I still say the Cowboys uh, are the strongest contenders to win the division. Um, I question Torrey Smith being more of a versatile wide receiver. I question Alshon Jeffrey being able to keep healthy. History dictates that he can't. I question the the uh, uh, um, the uh, passing game in Philly. It looks good on paper. It looks good on paper, but I question that, and I also question how good the uh, running backs are, are going to be. How all that meshes. Another year of Carson Wentz in that offense. It, they could possibly improve, but there's a lot of question marks on that offense to be answered. Uh, training camp will give us a, a preview of, of how, co- how cohesive they may be. But I, there's too many questions on the offense. Second-year quarterback with two questionable wide receivers. I know they got Jordan Matthews. He's mainly a slot receiver. Um, so there's a lot of questions. I see him. Ooh. I see him probably in the same – Vein as I see the Giants. Probably in the same vein I see the Giants. Giants have a better defense, in my opinion. So what's that telling you about the hopes for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? They better be a better offense. I don't. There's a lot of questions on the offense. I don't think they can do it. Uh, they may wind up eight and eight, nine and seven. I see their high high point as nine and seven. That's where I see their high point, nine and seven. Like you said, 10th toughest schedule. I think they're tied with the Giants. Tied with the Cowboys. Uh, t- tied with the Cowboys. Okay. Um, but like I said, and you, you pointed it out, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And they got a tough schedule starting off the season. Well, based upon what you said, I can agree, though, they might start off three and four. But then they uh, – before they go to buy, they play Denver and San Fran. So that gives them five and four. Five and four quite possibly. Now, I honestly believe it's going to come down to the last game of the season against the Cowboys. And Philly wins that game. Both will be 10 and six. But Philly's going to have the better record because they're going to play their, uh, their conference games 
in the first half of the season, where the Cowboys are playing theirs, mainly in the back half. Well, check this out, Victor. Check this out. And and I, I and and I was enlightened on their um this there's last the last five six games three four five six six or seven games at the Cowboys eleven nineteen home against the Bears and then this is brutal because of the defenses that they play at Seattle at the Rams at the Giants. And in the last two games, they play at home versus the Raiders, which is no easy task, and then versus the Cowboys. So they may be playing two home games the last two games of the season, but those last five games, the the, the, uh, three games away of playing tough defenses, and they go home and play two tough teams that have a very good offenses, and they're – even though their defenses may not be stellar, uh, um, service, serviceable defenses. That last stretch of five games is brutal. Is brutal. Brutal. Right, listen, I didn't say they weren't. I didn't say they weren't. But, Sam, they're going to at least five or six and four or six and uh, – uh, Three or, or five and and four going into the box. They're gonna win. Okay. Five you, games you, coming out of that box. You keep thinking that. Now, right. here's the deal. I think they're gonna lose to the Raiders. I think they'll split with the Cowboys. Um. Quite honestly, I think uh, they'll split with the Skins. But I think they're gonna sweep, uh, which gives them a better option. Because honestly, I don't think the Cowboys will beat the Giants again this year. Let me let me see. see like I said, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. It's when you play them. I got it. I got it. No, you don't, apparently you don't because at Seahawks on the road, at the Rams on the road, that's two West Coast right there. And then they come back. And worry about the Rams. You better read it. You know, let me tell you something. Now, I understand that it's the Rams. I understand that, okay? But you also understand that they have a very physical defense, and they have an offensive coordinator who has a tendency, and this is near the end of the season, to improve the defense. Now, the Rams' defense was really good. Now they have Wade Phillips, who is a very good defensive coordinator, who every place he went, that defense has improved. So yeah, this is the first time they're going to play a 3-4. It's not going to be that much of an improvement over the first year. Listen to what I'm saying. It's not who you play is when you play them. They play the Rams in December. The season starts in September. So that's four, roughly four months until they play the Rams. You think they're not going to figure out that 3-4? By, by by December when they play training camp in September, October, and November. They play the Seahawks in Washington. They they play the Rams in L.A. Then they come back, not at home, even though it's the East Coast. They are at the Giants, a heated division rivalry. And stretch right there. And then they then they come home, quite naturally, they're in the East Coast anyway, 
They play the Raiders. The Raiders will definitely have something to play for at near the end of the season. And then they play the Cowboys, two home games. That's a rough, that's that I don't know who else would have a rough ass get, uh, a schedule like that in the last five games, man. That is a very rough it schedule. Is. Very rough Dude, I, I, I'm not saying it's not, but I believe that the Eagles are going to be that much better this year. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's why I'm picking them to win it. Okay. Now, on to the team that everybody's loving to hate. The team that I've grown up with. That you're hanging I your head with work. this year. No, no, I'm not hanging my head. Yeah, but, your head's down because uh, you're looking at the ground because you're looking at the bottom. I left them, whatever. No, never that. I left them for one season and realized <clears> my mistake and came back. I realized my mistake and came back. Uh, Jerry, well, you know how he is. He he left the Jets. He tells us he never went back. He <laughs> I never went back. I never went back. And that's 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 been documented. I I don't you know. Regardless on what show we get on, and who's on the show, and who lambastes me for being a jet lover or whatever, blah 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 blah, whatever, I've never wavered, and I've always spoken the truth about whatever team that I'm that uh, uh, that I have. Now, when I was a jet, I was a loyal jet fan, no doubt about it. And when I left the Jets, I still, I say it like it is, regardless of what team it is. I'm with the Houston Texans now, and I think I made a very good move. I love the front office. I love the organization, how they do things, and they're not dysfunctional and a joke like another team that I know that I that I that used to be affiliated with. And they're still, since I left them, they, they, they still have been a, 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 butt of, a butt of jokes, so to speak. Um. So obviously, even though people are lambasting me, you should take the good with the bad. I think I made a good move going with the Texans. Now that one year when they were two and fourteen, I got eaten alive. How about them? How about them Texans? From you, as soon as you move with the Texans, they start they start losing. Well, guess what? Nine and seven. They've won a division in the last two years, and the mo- and the most of the time, except for the one bad year, they've been in contention or won the division, and been in contention in the playoffs. So, I don't think I made a bad move going with the Texans. But go ahead, beat me down, talk about me, whatever you like. I don't care. Because your team sucks. But we're not talking about your team. We're talking about my team. Um, so well, I'm just I'm just making a comparison. You know, you left your team um, well, for whatever year, reason, for, for whatever reason. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. You're a masochist. You like you like the pain. You like the pain. Go right ahead. <laughs> no. Here, here's, what here's what happened. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I left the team, it was the first year free agency. And they allowed Wilbur Marshall and Mm -hmm. Gary Clark to go to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Well, and that those two were my favorite uh, Redskins at the time. Really, really, Wilbur Marshall. 
Wilbur Marshall? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Gary you, Clark. Oh my. Gary Clark. Look, let me finish. Yeah. Gary Clark has always been my all-time favorite NFL player. Okay. Mainly because he wasn't perfect. No one is. Mainly because he wasn't perfect. And he would he would drop some balls that was, you know, pretty much routine, but he would come back and make some of the craziest catches, and he's a prime-time player, literally. Um, so when the Redskins decided not to resign them and they went, you know, to Arizona, I became an Arizona Cardinal fan, Buddy Ryan and all that. And after that year, I decided, nah, I got to go back to the Skins. I can't be a Cardinal fan. But I am still a Cardinal fan to this day, but not uh, my mainstream team as it is the Washington Redskins. Well, yeah, but that's yeah, what we're talking I, about now. Oh, I have to um, chime in on this real quick. Real quick. Oh, jeez. Dude, this no, is no, a while no, ago. no, 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 no. See, you're always thinking negative, <laughs> and before you hear me, and it's not something negative on you. It's not. It's not all about you. That what I was. What I was saying was this. I had. I. I, I had a choice on the type of teams that I wanted. Okay, when I wanted to leave the Jets, and I. I had a choice of whether do I want to stay with. Uh, uh, do I want to go to a team to the Texans, and the way they do business, or to the Arizona Cardinals, because I'm a huge, huge Bruce Ar- Arian fan. Huge Bruce Arian fan. So am I. So um, and I also like the Cardinals, and I really like Larry Fitzgerald, class guy. Uh, does it everything the right way. Um, and that, that, that happens to be two of my teams that I really like to watch. It is the Cardinals and the Texans, even though I went to Texas because I'm an AFC type of guy, and I love the AFC. Always have been. Um, ever since the AFL came into uh, existence, so um, that's the reason why. One another reason why I'm with the uh, Texans because they happen to be an AFC, they happen to be a young team, and blah 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 blah. But I, I do like the Arizona Cardinals, so I can't I can't hate you for that. Now now now, say you thought it was negative and it was something positive, so go right ahead. It was only positive because it was about you. Right. No, it wasn't. It was about me. It was about the Cardinals. I can understand why you would go to the Cardinals because th- they are a very good organization. Um, and uh, it's a type of organization that you could, could have a huge. That, well, does have a huge fan base, and I wouldn't blame you if you went there. That's that's the only thing I was saying. Uh, okay. That's the only. I wasn't All saying right. anything negative. That's nothing negative. It wasn't about me. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on now that you've apologized, Cersei. I'll make sure not to give you a kiss because you'll try to to kill me. But we got a caller. I'm going to get this caller from the 612 after I go over my Redskins. After I go over my Redskins, uh, we'll pick up the call. So, caller, please stay on the line and listen in. Um, Now, I love my team. I am a diehard Skins fan. They will not win the East this year. They will not make the playoffs this year. Kirk Cousins will make tons of money next year. But he's already inconsistent, and it's going to show this year, the seventh hardest 
schedule in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Redskins have seven mm-hmm. hardest. Okay, well, let me read what uh, it says here, according to the Athlon uh, magazine and Dave uh, Sheehan of the Washington Post, NFL Insider. Do you think Kirk Cousins will finish as a top ten fantasy quarterback given all of the changes? Cousins became a top five fantasy quarterback in 2016, putting up gaudy numbers that included 4,917 yards and 25 touchdowns. But more than 40% of those pass of those yards went to a pair of trusted veteran receivers, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, who are now gone, along with offensive coordinator Sean McVay, who got the Rams' head coaching job. The conventional wisdom would say to expect a big drop-off in Cousins' numbers in 2017, but he could still be a top-ten fantasy quarterback. In free agent acquisition to Rail Pryor, he has a dynamic new target who could prove to be a difference maker all over the field, but especially in the red zone. And Cousins still has plenty of additional targets in receivers Josh Dobson and Jameson Crowder and tight ends Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Count on the Redskins putting the ball in the air again in 2017 and count on Cousins putting up his typical big numbers by the end of the year. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. I love the fact that the Redskins now have uh, three or four six-footers that can jump out of the box in the red zone. That's Terrell Pryor, Jackson, excuse me, not Jackson, uh, Reed, and Dotson. Crowder's not the big jumping guy. Okay? Davis can go up, but his skills have diminished. I love him. Fellow uh, Dunbar Crimson Titer, uh, fellow Washingtonian. But he's not the, the red zone target that he once was. But he's still a threat in that dual tight end set. Okay? Which Redskins running back is the one you want in fantasy? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Kelly's good. He is. But the guy you want to get is a Margie Piron. Oh, all right, I'm a graduate of OU. He just finished OU. Granted, he got his opportunity because Joe Mixon messed up. But Piron is a beast. If he gets out in the open field, you are not going to catch him. You're not. Hey. The kid is a monster. Leading rusher in okay. OU history. Exactly. He is a monster. Leading rusher in OU now, history. The, you, you know who went to o, OU? Said, Adrian AP. Peterson. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. So did, so did uh, uh, Murray and a couple other folks. I'm an OU grad, so I know this, right? But here's, here's what uh, Dave Sheehan had to say. The running back job should be a wide-open competition in training camp with fumble-prone Matt Jones seeking to regain the job, which he lost. He's not even going to be on the team. He's not even going to be on the team. That's number one. Undrafted Rob Kelly seeking to retain it after an uh, auspicious rookie season, and rookie Samarji Pirine seeks to steal it. This could wind up being a season-long carousel, but the best fantasy play could be Pirine because of the, his ability to get into the end zone. He scored 49 touchdowns at Oklahoma and steps into a Redskins offense for which red zone conversion was a problem in 2016. Kelly, for example, averaged just 2.4 yards per carry in the red zone last season. Pirine shows he can score the way he did for the Sooners. His playing time and carries could start climbing quickly. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the deal. Pirine 
is a three-down back. We have to see how his blocking goes, though, in the NFL. We have to see how that goes. The problem is our offensive line, I shouldn't say our, but the Redskins' offensive line is not that great. They're good, very good, but not that great. Then you have uh, Trent Williams, who decided to go on, uh, he turned, I believe, vegan, which is fine. But he's reportedly wanting to go down to around 280. Gruden doesn't want him near that. Gruden wants to stay at three-something. Health-wise, Trent doesn't want to be there, and I can understand that. One of the best left tackles in the game. We drafted uh, a, a great uh, guard and scuff. Picked up a center and a couple other players too. But we're just not there yet. We're just not there yet. And that's going to be the problem for the Washington Redskins and uh, the offense. There aren't going to be too many holes for P. Ryan and the rest of those cats to run through. I wish there were going to be. Um, I'm hoping that the team steps up and finds a way to make it happen, but I don't think it's going to be there. Cousins is inconsistent. And I'm telling you this because I've watched him in college at Michigan State. I've watched him with the skins. He was better than RG3 when it came to getting the ball out of his hands. But for whatever reason, he can't beat his zone. You play zone defense on him, and I don't care if it's cover three, cover two, Tampa two, you know, cover four. For some reason, he can't figure it out. But man to man, he he gets the ball to the right people. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But let me bring in this caller. He's been waiting patiently. Yep. He's from the 612. 602. Uh, that's so, 612. 612. 612, not 602, 612. Yep, 612. 612. Please state your name. Please tell us uh, who you are and uh, your thoughts. Yes, sir. My name is Michael. And uh, as far as the NFC East goes, I think I think Dallas is clearly going to be the division winner by the end of the season. I just don't see how anyone can take a look at that offensive line and what they're able to do and, and not take that into account. And I just think that, that puts them head and shoulders above I can agree with you on that, Michael, but there's some problems with Dallas. They're going to be missing several players the first part of the season. And the defense is not that good to begin with, um, and they're losing a lot of starters. I think about three three starters, three or four starters, uh, a couple of them at the linebacker position. Then there's also that pesky issue of possibly, possibly, not having uh, Zeke for the first couple games. Now I got it. You know they've got McFadden. They've got um, they've got out out with Morris and the young kid Smith. But I, I, I just got a problem with them and their schedule and losing hey. those guys. Those guys at the beginning of the season. What do you think, JT? Um. Well, I, I like I said, I think I thought I told you to think Dallas is going to be contention with it to be uh, um, to, to win the East. That's what I thought. Hey, Mike, what uh, kind of fan are you? What what the NFL team is your fan? Are you a Cowboy fan or someone else? 
no, not, I don't really have one team in particular. I'm just sort of a fan of the league as a whole. I just sort of you know, see it from the outside. That's why I'm not, I don't have any bias towards any team. And I, I'd say the reason, to your point, with the, with the whole spot up was, in the case of Ezekiel Elliott, the thing is Ezekiel Elliott is overrated. That's obvious. He's more of a byproduct of a great offensive line than his own talent. I think if he was on another team that didn't have the same level of offensive line play, I think his production would go down significantly. And so that's why I think losing him really doesn't mean anything. They could have anybody back there. But when and on tour, the defense goes, nobody in the East can play defense. That's the thing. This was another division that would be a different topic, but the fact that the Cowboys have a suspect defense is fine. I mean, nobody in the East can play defense. We know that. So because of that, you know, I just still see at the end of the day, the fact that their offensive line is that great, that's what separates them. Otherwise, all the teams in the East are the same. I mean, there's no difference. They all basically are, have terrible defenses, solid quarterback play, good receivers. But, you know, I mean, other than that, the only thing that separates is the offensive line. That's why I went that route. I honestly think the Giants have the best defense in the league. I mean, in, in, in the division. Um, because on each level, they have difference makers, um, consistent difference makers. The Redskins, they picked up some, some uh, much-needed help, um, but it's their first year together. Uh, you know, you're getting a linebacker out of out of uh, Buffalo. Uh, you got a couple outside linebackers. Sora Craven is going to play more strong safety this year, a position he's played but not started at and maybe not that comfortable. He's more – of a down-in-the-box type player. So we might play more of a cover three than anything. Um, the Cowboys, they got that Tampa two. Rodman Arnelli, he knows how to do it, but they're playing it from a 3-4 uh, scheme. And it's kind of difficult to do that, um, especially when your secondary is not that good. But they're going to be playing more zone. So uh, Rodman Arnelli wants them to make plays on the ball as opposed to just playing man-to-man. And that's a problem for me when you don't have the type of talent that's going to get up to the quarterback um, at the beginning of the season because they're going to be suspended. Um, Again, the Cowboys are by far one of the best teams in the NFL. But with the problems that they have and they're facing, I don't see them, especially having the seventh toughest uh, schedule this year. And like we say, it's not when, I mean, it's not who you play, it's when you're playing. They, they're going to come up on the short end of the stick a few times when they probably shouldn't. And, yes, I'm a little biased uh, for the skins because I hate the Cowboys, but I'm a realist too. I'm a realist. Uh, I recognize greatness. And the Cowboys have potentially – one of the best teams in the NFL for a very long time. Um, if they can keep their their foot out of their mouths or out their butt, they'll be on the field to prove it. Um, but where are you calling from, Mike? He called from Minnesota. And if I could Minnesota. add, I, mean, I think I'd have to, yeah, have to say the whole strength of schedule thing, to be honest with you, I don't think that really counts for anything because year to year, I mean, the NFL is not like the NBA where you see consistency amongst the contenders. It's so volatile, especially the NFC. Year to year, look how much the NFC just receives. I mean, the standings are totally different. The only teams that are consistently there, maybe you could say Green Bay. But other than that, I mean, it changes every season. So no one, 
he could say the schedule's certain degree of difficulty now, but by the end of the season, we're going to look back and say, well, it's not the case. Because I remember last year, people made a lot of the same arguments against certain teams. And as the season progressed, we found out teams that we thought were going to be a certain place, we found out they weren't. Like Carolina. Remember, Carolina fell off the map. And I think yeah. Atlanta this year is going to fall off the map as well. And it's the same thing. I mean, the AFC, you could make that argument in the AFC, because I think the AFC is a lot more consistent. But in the NFC, it's anybody, anybody, any given day. I mean, the, the parity in the NFC is unbelievable. The gap, there's no oh, yeah, you're right margin of separation. I, I got to ask, ask, ask a couple of questions for Mike. Mike, uh, how long have you been listening to us, and, and what, uh, what made you uh, uh, start listening to us in the first place? And I, I came across your show on Blog Talk, and uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, and you guys got some crazy, you know, discussions and debates and ideas on both sides, so it's been a definite fascinating to listen to. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Now, who do you like better, me or Jerry? You got to get that to answer. Stop. Me or stop. Stop. No, no, stop. I, 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 can't, I can't pick. I think, I, honestly, and I say this in all honesty, I think you guys both make great arguments on both sides, and oftentimes I find myself <laughs> split when you guys are on different ends. But, um, no, you guys, you guys are both really knowledgeable and really – do a great job of breaking down both your cases and arguments. So I really enjoy it. We appreciate that. Do you play fantasy football? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Okay. No problem. I just was just curious. Just curious. I'd love to get you in a league. And here's my question. You, you talked about the Cowboys and things of that nature. I predicted Philly to win the East this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are overlooking them. Jerry, don't thumb me. But, Too many questions, man. Well, that's why I'm going to ask Mike. He's, he's already said that, that the Cowboys are, are the dominant team, but do you see the Cowboys uh, winning it? And if so, where do you think the Eagles will land? Now, you said the Cowboys winning the division, or are you talking about the Super Bowl? No, who do you think will win the division? And oh, okay. if you don't think yeah. it, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, no, I'm just going to say, yeah, I would think, I think Dallas will win the division, but I think Philly will be right there, to be honest with you. Uh, I know you're a Redskins fan, but I, honestly, I think, the, I think the East is going to come down to Dallas and Philly. I think, um, I think Washington will be solid, and they might be in the mix for a wild card spot, but uh, I just, I, I don't see them on the same level as Philly and uh, Dallas, unfortunately. I agree. I agree. I think Philly and Dallas both will be 10 and 6. It's going to come down to that last game of the season because the, the schedule makers, they know what they're doing. They're trying to right. figure out who has the strongest team or the stronger teams, and they want to make those division games at the end of the season count for something. And I believe Philly is going to surprise a lot of people and steal the East this year. Now, how far are they going to the playoffs? I don't know. But uh, that stat I said at the beginning of the show, which people didn't hear, the last 13 the last 13 Hall of Fame game winners have not won one playoff game that year. So, wow. if the Cowboys make it to yep. the playoffs, yep. it'll, be, it'll be, you know, business as usual, not winning a playoff game. But <laughs> um, it is what it is. It um, is what it is. But, Mike, I want to thank you. Uh, we got about five minutes left alive there. Uh, do you want to add anything? Before we close out the show, 
Yeah, I just wanted to suggest to you guys and any football fans out there while we're waiting for the NFL season to start up to, uh, to check out the CFL. And uh, I caught a game of that last night on ESPN2, and I thought it was, it was really entertaining. And uh, I think uh, I think you'll be surprised. It's actually better than you think. And I think next Saturday oh. next Saturday night there's a game on ESPN2, and I just think if you've got nothing to do and you want to watch some football, it's worth checking out. CFL is good. I like CFL. I like ASL. Um, because it's it's different rules, and I'm always willing to learn. And offensively, as an offensive coordinator, I love seeing innovative offense. So, you know, you're right. Picking up on the CFL or the AFL uh, is something to to get you through and stuff like that. If you have your your need for football fixed, um, JT, four minutes left. Next week, we are going. I'll put you on on mute, uh, Mike. Uh, so don't go nowhere, but thanks for listening to us. We're going to close out the show now. Um, JT. Yes, sir. Completed the NFL 2017 review. Okay. Uh, I have the Redskins finishing just above the Giants uh, with a 8-8 eight and eight record. Um, not much better based upon their strength of schedule. And if I'm going to caveat that. P. Ryan, if he gets that job, he holds on to that job, and the Redskins become actually playoff contenders. I'll be very honest with you on that. Um, but if not, Carousel, I don't think the Skins are going to make the playoffs um, or be contenders in the division. Um, I, w- I just want everybody to know that it's been fun doing – the uh, the whole year, uh, I mean, or the whole league every year. Uh, hopefully what we tell you season to season helps you out. We're going to get into the individual positions now or, or next week. JT starts off Sunday. This Sunday he's going to be doing quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. And how are you going to do that? You're going 25 to 1, or how are you going to do that? I'm going to be ranking quarterbacks 25 to one um and uh who i feel is the number one versus the 25 and also be talking about some quarterbacks that may not be on the radar that uh, uh i wouldn't say not on the radar but some of the quarterbacks that depending on injuries that are sitting in the wings may uh, be able to shine uh if they get their chance so okay. and that's probably what probably what i'm going to more than likely what i'm going to be doing uh, for the next few weeks leading up to the season. Uh, like I said, this week is uh, quarterbacks. Next week, I think it'll be wide receivers. Um, and three weeks from that will be the tight ends and end it off with the uh, running backs. Okay. I want to say this, and I forgot to say it, but my skins in the Game of Thrones, they're unfortunately ironborn. Unfortunately. <laughs> and Daniel Snyder and Bruce um oh, what's Bruce's last name? I forgot. Uh they're the uncle of <laughs> the Ironborn. So watch out, they might be trying to sleep with you, JT. Um oh, stop. So that's stop. My Here we go. Here my we go. Are Ironborn. 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, okay. we've been neutered. Okay. We've been mm-hmm. neutered. Mm-hmm. Um, bottom line is this, ladies and gentlemen, we love what we do, and we thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Thanks for calling in and, and listening to us for the past couple of weeks. Greatly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, listen back to some of our old shows, too. Give us feedback. Come back again. Maybe we'll get you playing fantasy football next year or uh, just before the season starts. Hopefully you do, and you'll play with us. Um, but next week, I begin the IDPs, individual defensive players. I'm going to start with that defensive line. There are some changes in defenses. Aaron Donald would be a top IDP, period. I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron Donald's not in my top ten defensive lineman this year. Wow. He's not. Wow. And I'm going to tell you why next week. Remind me to do that, JT. There's a, a very legitimate reason as to why I don't think Aaron Donald will be a top 10 defensive lineman or IDP this year. Wow. Okay. With that being said, JT, let's get out of here. You know what to do, buddy. All right. From me and yours to you and our, excuse me, from me and yours to you and our, mine, um, it's been a pleasure. But as always, you've been listening to you want to talk smack, you in the right place So take a step back before I get all up in your face I know you got to live, you know I got mine But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line Your voice will be heard, sir Next caller, please And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree We're talking fantasy, sports, and politics Fantasy, sports,